Today's episode is brought to you by the critically acclaimed and crowd favorite Owlie's Award Show. It's everyone and welcome to High Noon Podcast, the competitive Overwatch podcast. I am your host, The Blevins. With me, as always, is Deathblow. What's up, buddy? Not too much, buddy. I'm feeling mighty 4-0 at the moment. I don't, know, I don't know about everybody else out there, but I'm feeling pretty undefeated right now. Yeah. Not a loss in sight. Taking down the Raiders. The Raiders. Oh, I was talking about Lynxer's Widowmaker. Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess you're right about that, too. I guess you're right about that, too. Um, yeah, no, super pumped, uh, obviously, about both things. Uh, we'll get more into the Lynxer stuff soon. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll start things off yes. here with the uh, what, did, what did I do this week. Um, was in the woods all weekend, actually, camping. Um, this is the camping trip using finger quotes on that that i do mm. with some old college friends where we get a cabin at a state park and then stay indoors 100 percent of the time <laughs> playing, playing board games and stuff um <clears throat> but we get the big one with a fireplace so that we still need Ooh. to spend money on firewood um <laughs> so which is something which remotely is outdoors ish yeah yeah it's it's pretty it's almost camping it's glamping it's, uh, it's glamping it's, it, a little bit um but yeah, so had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, it was really nice to unplug for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And but yeah, I had uh, even had the day off today from work. Get nice. caught up on everything, get my my sleep back to normal. And um, as as normal as my sleep. I was going to say, I don't know if your sleep is ever normal. No, not not quite. But it's it's okay now. Um, yeah, just been uh, having having a good time lately. Good stuff. Yeah, for me, did I do anything interesting or exciting? No, just casting, casting other games as always. <laughs> uh, mostly just Legends of Runeterra. And uh, let's see, did I do anything fun at all? No, I don't think so. I think. Uh, oh, I, I, uh, I don't. I think it's gonna get an. I think it's gonna get officially announced this week. But I, I have a new job. I started a new job. Um, I was wondering if you were gonna gonna mention. It I think. That. Well, I, it's not that it's a secret or anything. It's just that there's sure. gonna be a, an announcement video that I think is gonna be funny. So I want to keep it <laughs> for that. But whatever. Um, I got a new job. It is in the gaming and esports world. Um, so that's cool. Um, I've been super busy with that. Um, and that's been fun. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing is that and. The same old stuff I'm always doing, but well, congratulations on that. I know oh, it's uh, not not a small accomplishment to have a, a job in an industry that you uh, you know don't hate. Yeah. Um, so, that's, <laughs> so that's obviously true. Super super happy for you there. Um, and yeah, keep an eye on his Twitter account. There should be. I mean, it's it's it'll have his face on it, so that instantly makes it a meme. Um, true, and, and it'll be it'll be funny. I'm sure. So, I. Yeah look forward to that and get details there i was originally going to do like an original piece and then i'm like i just you know i'm too lazy sometimes to do them um but there was some inspiration that struck um and uh i think the uh graphics team for uh the graphics team is going to put something together which is going to be funny so keep an eye out i'll retweet it and all that stuff and if you fancy if, guy with a graphics team over here oh yeah i mean you know so you know i am fancy now uh <laughs> <laughs> who, who am i kidding um but yeah so that should be cool um and yeah i mean that was that was fun if you're if you're really interested and can't possibly wait to hear about it, uh, just DM me on Discord. I'm, I'm, it's not like it's a secret or NDA or anything. I just, and, you know, I'm saving the official public announcement for uh, for their Twitter. So, um, but um, speaking of uh, cool things and things going as normal, Blackwatch Report, of course, always up and at them, ready with a new episode. Uh, just went up last night, so check them out. 
make sure you're checking them out on their uh, podcast feed, Blackwatch Report. Uh, Blackwatch Report everywhere, except for Twitter, where it's Blackwatch Report. Thank you, Thorne, for that. Uh, someday, maybe we'll get that extra. We'll get that extra. Um, you'll get that extra. Oh, maybe. Uh, I doubt it. But let's move on here, Death, and let's get into it's news. We have got some news, Death. Do you want to uh, start? Uh, do you want to start with our our own internal news? Yes, our own internal news that I'm very aware of. And oh, it's not. It, it's not. It, it it it's not really our internal news. It's really um, the league copying our. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, listen, the Owlies were such a, a, an unqualified success. I think is the correct terminology yes. to use there. Uh, you know, just so critically acclaimed and and so positively received yes. by all Overwatch League fans that the league has decided to copy some of our awards yep. and uh, assign some some coach of the years. The Dennis Holeka award winner and the rookie of the year were announced. I believe all of them were announced this past weekend. Yep. And Moon won coach of the year. So, I mean, we even gave you the right answer and you still got it <laughs> wrong. Uh, no, Moon was, was one of our uh, nominees as well. Yeah. A great one. Uh, McGravy won the Dennis Holeka award. Uh, I have no comment. I see my comments from last year about what that what that award turned into and, yeah. and what it could have been. Uh, but major props for getting the the Halsey retweet. Uh, that is what <laughs> that's about now. And then Alarm is the Rookie of the Year. Uh, that one was a little bit of a, a no brainer, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. When you're a rookie and squarely and very significantly uh, in the MVP running, then right. you really should win this one. I really liked his uh, announcement video. I don't know if you saw it, but no. um, made me like the player a little bit more, just kind of his attitude about the whole thing. Like when he was asked about it, he said, you know, I care about this almost more than I care about the MVP award. I've got, a lot of cracks to try to win the MVP award. I only get one go at rookie of the year. And so um, I think that was just a really good attitude from him about it. And then you could see when they told him, obviously the emotion, he was, um, you know, really a a little overwhelmed there Mm -hmm. and it's gotta be great to put in all that hard work and uh, get some form of accolades or, you know, acknowledgement of that. And um, I thought he was, you know, really gracious and accepting everything like that and quick to, to put a lot of the credit and um, accolades onto his teammates, mm-hmm. et cetera. So it was just, it was a very professional kind of response yeah. and um, a very mature attitude towards the whole awards process. And mm-hmm. uh, I just, yeah, it just really made me like alarm a little bit more. I mean, if his, his play wasn't enough, uh, yeah. he does seem like somebody that really gets what the league is about and going for and, mm-hmm. um, you know, has the right attitude about everything and, and should continue to be great. And hopefully he does get the MVP award in the future. Yeah. Uh, that Just would keep definitely... it up, man. He's been great. Yeah. I mean, it's flood has got to retire at some point, right? <laughs> it's got to happen. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's interesting um, that you point that out death. Cause it's, it's almost refreshing to see an esports athlete like, take a more like because like the things that you're saying are not like you know revolutionary right like we see like this is the this is the the mainstay for traditional sports it's like the pr answer but like you can you can give the pr answer and still put your own spin on it and your own emotion on it and it can still be true it's just like i don't know i've almost and maybe it's because we're boomers now um or maybe it's just Or maybe it's because we're deadened to the like, I'm just so over the like, um, I don't know. I, I'll call it the live stream fails, uh, like mentality of everything where it's just like, oh, well, I'm going to just be, I, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to say something stupid here. Or I'm going to like try to cause, I, I'm going to try to cause something out of nothing. And it's like, yeah, sometimes you can just give the professional answer and, 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 and be fine. So I don't know. I, yeah, I, I like the, from that. Aspect. My kind of add on was going to be that, I mean, there's definitely more than one way you can go about doing this and this, this, his kind of, his answers, his, 
the way he portrayed it and himself in that situation was mm-hmm. a little bit the cookie cutter way, but you you definitely need both, right? Because yeah. without having the cookie cutter way be the norm, then the other people that are a little more outlandish right. aren't as interesting or it really right. just kind of almost waters it down in its own way. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's great to see, you know, this kind of attitude and mentality recognized. I think it, it, um, only enhances anybody that's goofy about it in the future. I'm trying to think if anybody really was goofy about it though. Not, not really. No, not, not in this case. I'm just thinking, and I'm not even necessarily thinking about overwatch specifically. I'm just thinking about like in general, it's like not everyone. Yeah. Sinatra was like a little bit arrogant about it after the fact, but like kind of gracious in the moment, which was right which was called for i think he yeah, definitely fine. handled it a little different with mvp um you know and then uh, to me it's it's weird when you are hearing the uh acceptance speeches and stuff and maybe this is a mark that i'm getting used to that a little bit and can like listen to the message but like when it comes through a translator and then when you're hearing the words the emotion is one degree separated right. and you're trying to like apply the inflection in the language you don't understand yeah. to the more deadpan words coming for so maybe like right. it's not fair to say that jonak wasn't exactly that way right or, you know anything like that um and obviously this is this is a different award i just don't really remember right. the um rookie of the years in the past and first season did didn't it. have one yeah, because a rookie, a rookie won mvp and right. was everybody so the award didn't make much sense there so yeah i don't really remember um i, I mean i remember who won last year i just don't remember anything about the unveiling or the announcement so yeah um, yeah i don't know it was just a, a good job overall by uh production maybe too to, mm-hmm. to help things out but yeah I, I just really did enjoy the award announcements and yeah uh, videos this time around for sure Yep, that was good. Oh, one other piece of news, Death, that we didn't put on here, but um, did happen is, or at least was reported. I, I actually don't know if it was confirmed or not, but uh, we, uh, Pete Vlastelica, Vlastelica, I think is the name, has stepped down as the Overwatch League commissioner. So we <laughs> we are will no longer have. Um, Pete V as the commissioner of the Overwatch League. So uh, I think there's, I, I, again, I'm not, I'm just going to, I saw a report though. I, I don't think, I don't know if it was confirmed that the commissioner of the Call of Duty League is getting a title change to commissioner of leagues, which you can maybe at, at Activision. So maybe that is, uh, like joint role, which seems awful, but at the very least, death. We no longer, we you know, we we can't, we aren't going back to the the glory days of Nate Nanzer, but but at least we don't have handsome Pete as our commissioner anymore. Yeah. Um. In unrelated news, he's signed a contract with the Washington Justice for an exorbitant amount of money. That's so weird how that works out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, just. It, just for the playoffs, though. Takes off his mask, and it's actually decay under there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, listen, I'm fine with this. I, there's been a couple things. Obviously, I'm making light of the most recent um, incident that, that yeah. bothered me. But um, we went from, if not agreeing with almost every single decision that was made, being yeah. able to understand and wrap our heads yeah. around you and see where and it was going. Make the, make the argument for it and and all league decisions for the most part as the league was formed under date and as it as it started to grow uh that's not really been the case and um from the introduction of adding you know throwing away the standings and adding in the wins to the tournaments etc etc like we get i get it people like them but like they don't have to have that component people love the stage championships too Mm -hmm. um you know so i really do hope i know there's so many people out there that are like oh i hope we don't get another sports person in that doesn't understand esports we're not necessarily in that camp i'm completely fine if this is a sports figure coming in um to to take it over i tend to think it's going to be a combination of two things uh you talked about the kind of promotion or title change or bump uh for the cod commissioner to kind of being more overarching in activision 
I'm guessing that that might be, I don't know anything about her uh, personally, uh, or even I didn't follow Cod League. I have no, no knowledge whatsoever of, of her performance there. Um, but I, I'm guessing you'll have like an overarching commissioner that makes like business decisions. And then you'll have somebody overseeing each of the leagues individually and right. more personally and uh you know perhaps being more accessible or or what have you so uh we'll see who takes that role in that position and maybe that's the perfect marriage right you get kind of both of those things working together right and somebody with maybe the better business acumen or or whatever is kind of over top of them mm -hmm. and, but a lot just constantly forcing them to hear from those esports people and and constantly have that influence put into them about the decisions and what you know what the they think the fans would like maybe that's how you do it right not right. one or the other maybe it's it's finding a way to force them to to kind of marry into one decision making tree and decision making right. process I, I think that that there's potentially something to that so um yeah. we'll see how it all plays out we'll let you guys know uh but for the most part i think we'll save most of this stuff and there's been some there's other announcements there's coaching changes and teams that aren't in the the grand finals things like that it's all on pause for us right now yeah uh, we're going to focus on the the tournament uh in front of us this weekend and we've got a whole off season to fill dead air and find things to talk True. about um so yeah we will uh save things for for that when we start off from yeah our off season discussions the only thing, and we'll certainly be talking about the commissioner change uh, quite a bit, especially once an official announcement has happened and also once decisions or actions are starting to be taken. Um, I will say that there was a pretty bit, without going too deep into it, there was a pretty big uh, rift um, in the Call of Duty League with like something they changed like right at the end in terms of format. Um, so Roster size even, right? Yeah. You went from like six or five or went something. From fives to fours. Yeah, it's like that's um, yeah, that's that's pretty uh, uh, egregious and awful. So, um, yeah, I'll withhold uh, further judgment until then, and we'll certainly be talking more about that. I uh, just wanted to bring that up in case you missed it. But if you don't want to miss these things, make sure you're going over to the Discord, discord.me slash podcast because all of those announcements are there all the time. Okay, let's now move on into oh god i forgot what button it is already i think it's this one it's tournament talk i got the button right i'm so happy um we had the talent takedown and all-star game death you want to talk us talk to us a little bit about that yeah, I listen, I always poke fun at these things. I always talk about how like they aren't for me. They're not, they're never something I'm going to care about or be super interested in. I'm not going to back off of that stance quite yet, but and again, I was in the woods when everything was happening. I obviously yeah. didn't watch it live. I caught up after the fact. Um so I don't know how the overall flow of the broadcast was, etc. But it was to me pretty entertaining uh, for what it was uh, i really did enjoy the talent takedown they always do a really good job with that it's just fun to get to watch the people that we have to hear all the time mm -hmm. actually play mm -hmm. um yeah and it that one's always a, a good watch yeah. you can check they, that out they super try hard it too which is fun they do yeah they they care and then they continue to roast each other about it until the next one comes along uh and, and that's obviously great uh overall for all broadcasts and and for the whole scene um so really like that and jake team jake defeated team custa in the talent takedown there so i thought that was uh obviously i mean i'm a jake fan uh, i'm a houston fan over a valiant fan that's well documented so true 1-0 for the Outlaws here on the weekend. Um, Linkser, the Titan Slayer, works his way through a bracket full of Vancouver Titans players uh, into the grand finals and defeats soon in the Widowmaker 1v1 nice. uh, challenge, or I don't remember the name of the actual event. Um, <laughs> notably, where three-quarters of the talent that should have been in the Widowmaker 1v1 was on the, the Korean side of things, where DM took down Ans in the, the Korean bracket. I will say, despite the obvious, like, 
I don't know, lack of balance in the talent uh, right. in the, the brackets for the Widow 1v1. I thought the NA side was more entertaining. Uh, Linkser particularly was just like really aggressive about it mm-hmm. and was just forcing fights. And there was a lot more like quick peek and, and corner scraping and just yeah. like kind of cowardly play is how I'm going to call it <laughs> in the, the Korean side. So it was at least to me more fun to watch yeah. uh, on the, the NA side of things. Obviously helps that, that my boy won. Um, notably as well, Linkser does accept all challengers. He also absolutely embarrassed, humiliated, and styled on the Brito maker, uh, <laughs> including the final kill being a 360 quick scope headshot uh, to, <laughs> to kill Bren while he was in midair. It was phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, it was a whole really, really fun sequence the way they did that. I mean, Brent is such an obvious, like, wrestling meme character when he he does these things. Um, They had him, like... forcibly throw jaws off the off the stage <laughs> in the, on the broadcast because they're in the same house and uh they were able to to make do with the covid restrictions and still have a lot of fun with it and yeah. still bring out this element and um proud outs to or yeah proud shout outs proud to outs. Proud outs. <laughs> i was very proud of uh shouting out linkser for uh his multiple swear words on the broadcast yes. that got out there yeah you just had to know the sensor guys like in the in the bathroom like it's linkser right. it's linkser and frankie what do i have to worry about right. <laughs> whoops See, um, that's what i thought a few episodes ago where it's like ah we've done what 220 episodes i haven't sworn <laughs> on it wow <laughs> Turns out every everybody's human, and uh, let let's let slip on occasion. True, that was really really funny to me. It's okay, I get uh, one but, every two hundred and twenty episodes, so I I just barely made the quota. It's true, and uh, to think I was the one with the problem when we started, yeah. um, not that surprising. But anyways, uh, in addition to that, I've got to say just the actual like Team Reinhardt versus Team Diva. A, it was really weird that they were still putting like the Atlantic and Pacific brackets when you've got like Smoth teabagging on or super teabagging on moth yeah i'm just mushing every word in the in the super would like kill moth and then dove after him and and teabagged on him him. and they're in the same team they're in the same division so why Mm -hmm. are you trying to make this distinction it just didn't make any sense but uh nonetheless it was a, a really good time and it ended with the most glorious thing I've ever seen, which was like the little overwatch or whatever yes. the, the actual terminology for it is. So where everybody starts like microscopic and the first fight is impossible to cast. Uh, poor re- <laughs> reinforce and sideshow trying yeah. to get the job done. Um, and then like the more damage you deal, the bigger your character model grows. Yes. And you had divas that couldn't fit through doors anymore by the end of this thing. <laughs> and like it just... And the whole time, like this little reaper just walks up and just shreds it into oblivion. Oh, it's so good. And it just created these really awkward, super, super long fights that just was absolutely hysterical uh, to, to watch and witness. You'd have super, like, purposefully hiding, not participating in the fight so that he would stay really, really tiny and his team would lose. And then they've got to find this little pea-sized marble of a wrecking ball somewhere <laughs> on the map it, hiding in a corner somewhere and then they've got to kill him and like the like all the abilities changed in size based off of how, how much damage you were doing yeah so diva blast would become just absolutely enormous um and you'd have little tiny baby ones that were like smaller than winston shields like <laughs> just emps doing the same thing it was hysterical to to witness and watch and i really enjoyed the agony that it put Mm -hmm. the players through they hated it (laughs) um it was i think super said this is my own personal hell or something like that in the match chat like it it just and i loved that there was like 75 grand up for grabs or however much money it was Mm -hmm. they're them fighting over a significant amount of money these professional players that take their craft so seriously reduced (laughs) to it just tiny sombras in the character model so insignificant next to the giant like just the juxtaposition of everything mm-hmm. um absolutely tickled me in just the just the right way i really really got a lot of sadistic pleasure watching that um i'm buying into the all-star format a little bit more as they as they stretch it i mean listen not everything's a winner 
right. watch the go watch the Winston one v one. We're not gonna see we're not gonna see that skills challenge going ever again. Uh, <laughs> it was it was awful, but yeah. uh, you know other things absolutely hit perfectly. That was one of them for me. I, I hope that never yeah. goes anywhere. And yeah. I mean, this is what we we talked about this pretty much every year with the All Star game. It's like yeah, I mean it's just kind of boring. It's just like a low stakes or even if there's money online, like who, who really even cares? It's just like a different game um, of overwatch. It's another game of overwatch, right? Um, With the Mm -hmm. teams and like, that's great. But like, you know, it takes a little bit. And now with the, the workshop, of course, there's so many opportunities, right? The tiny overwatch seems like a hit. Um, The widow maker one V one, I think is, is a good, like, it's like the three point, contest kind of thing right mm-hmm. it's like no one cares that much or like a very small segment of people care about like a the ball handling obstacle course that it maybe is at the at the nba all-star game or whatever right or like the different uh don't they have like different challenges and whatnot at the pro bowl too i think maybe i don't know yeah I, there's I a skills competition yeah. for sure yeah we're like that's you know not everything can be the dunk contest or the home run derby. Like you need to figure out what those things are. And it's not a direct correlation, but maybe the tiny overwatch is like, it's the dunk contest of the overwatch of the overwatch league all-star game where it's like, this is entertaining. It's different. It's what we want to see, et cetera. So, Hey, you know, we would have thought the key to unlocking everything was just making the players as miserable as humanly possible. (laughs) Just make it as I'll just run them through an absolute ringer and that becomes gold. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I mean, and it's so funny, the overtime matches, because it was such an advantage to be small and it was such a disadvantage Mm -hmm. to be that big. You know, you're playing Reapers and Doomfists and you couldn't possibly miss the diva when you were the, right. the baby reaper right like it just and watching them just run up and like bite at the ankles of the, the big character models every, everything about it was just just i was hysterical the entire time and even to the point where they're making fun of how long it's taking on the broadcast and like you've got sideshow wondering what the overtime pay policy is for casters <laughs> like in the middle of a 99.99 yeah. fight that had gone on for 13 minutes i mean you just it was it was perfection to yeah. me i loved everything about it great job by the the casters it was reinforced and, and sideshow yeah um, reinforced it's not his typical gig either so i thought he did a really good job and i like them mixing it up a little bit with them guys yeah. too letting them in on that um have some fun with it yeah i, I guess reinforce had like neighbors complaining because he was yelling about how insane <laughs> it was for so long but it that's was awesome yeah i mean good good on the production good on obviously the casters and just good you know it's good to get these w's for the all-star game because you know beforehand you know we've never really been I mean, we've been pretty public about it. it. We've never really been a fan of it. And I remember specifically saying they need to find, they need to figure out what is the home run derby of Overwatch. And like, again, I don't think that this is the same corollary and, and like, this isn't like the same display of skills and like that, but this is a win. This is, this is a fun thing. Let's keep going and push, push that. So that's cool uh, and good. So, if you if you didn't check it out and you want to make sure at least check out the tiny overwatch i was watching a little bit beforehand and it uh did not disappoint but death let's move on here the meat and potatoes of the episode grand finals time we are finally here death through thick and thin through covid through all that has happened, we have finally made it. We are here. Grand Finals weekend coming up October 8th through 10th. Four teams remain. Let's talk about it, Death. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's the weekend we've all been waiting for, if not the time slot we're we're dreading uh, trying to watch live at. But um yeah, we're going to be going through all four of the match, or I'm sorry, both of the matchups that we yes. know about so far, and we're basically going to build out our bracket as we go and talk about each matchup as it comes, and we'll we'll be pretty heavy on the starting matchups because we know what those are; they're not a waste of time, right? Um, and we'll we'll gloss over some of the other ones since they may not actually occur, but 
I don't know about you, man, but I really don't have a firm grasp on who the actual winner is going to be here. We'll go over kind of what my current yeah. thinking is, what my thoughts are on, on the teams and the matchups, how they're going to handle things and what they're going to try to play. But I wouldn't, I think there's rosters here where I wouldn't be surprised to see significant changeups and who's actually on the stage. Um, and there's a couple good candidates for that. We'll talk about that as well. But uh, I guess at the beginning, should we just kind of make a prediction for who we think is, is going to be the overall winner here? Just kind of go sure. in blind with it. Just what okay. you got? Oh, you want me to go first? Well, yeah, okay. you start. All right. Well, as you know, I am, although my camera went out so you can't see, and also I was wearing a hoodie over it, but I am wearing an NYXL jersey and have almost been brought to tears death because the Shanghai Dragons are going to win are going to win the championship here uh I mean all the like you said death all these teams could certainly get there I would not be surprised if someone from the future showed me a I was going to say newspaper, but that would never happen. A article from uh, Dottie Sports article that says any one of these teams has won the championship. It would not be a big surprise. I would not be uh, taken aback. All four of these teams um, are certainly there. But Shanghai, you know, of course, it's going to be said about a thousand times until they lose, if they lose. 0-40 0-40 to Overwatch League champions. That's what's going to be said a million times. It's the narrative. If I were one of the casters, I would sure be doing it too. It's it's the big it's the big storyline, the macro storyline that's hitting you square in the jaw. Um, but outside of that, because that doesn't really matter, right? Like <laughs> that doesn't change anything. The fact that they went 0-40 two years ago has nothing to do with the team they are now. I say it also skips a year because it's less it's less interesting to say from 0 and 40 to middle of the pack to top of the heap, you know, like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. It t- when you actually lay out all the steps that occurred, right. it is a little Which less are, fantastic. Right. But outside of that, you've got the league MVP on your team. You've shown time and time again in the. I mean, this is the first time we're going to be seeing uh, that we're going to be seeing the the regions face off since the very beginning right actually yeah yeah since the very very beginning of the league they mixed a little bit i think at the first couple for all intents and purposes this is the first time we're seeing this mix happen so there could be and it's still an unanswered question death a big difference between the leagues right we don't know you can look at you can watch the games you can see the teams play against the teams that they've played against all season that doesn't really matter when you when you face against a team from another division all bets are off, especially when you add in the, the pressures of the tournament. That being said, Shanghai has shown time in and time out that they've been able to perform. Yes, they've had uh, some blips in some high-pressure situations. The Shang 9 that you like to bring up, Death, certainly has got to be on the minds of everyone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to repeat it. it. If anything... That should be on their minds, and they should be even more cognizant to not do that. Um, so I, I don't know. Or they're under more pressure to not do that. It could go either way for sure. I'll give you that. Um, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It can be a learning experience, a jumping off point. All that being said, I'm my pick, my solid pick, is going to be the Shanghai Dragons to win it here. Um, I will be wearing an NYXL jersey, and I will be brought to tears. I'm excited for it. Uh, I can't wait to make fun of you. Um, <laughs> personally, I, I, oh yeah, it's funny. I would use a lot of the same reasonings to kind of explain why I think the San Francisco shock are about to repeat as, as champions of the league. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, it, it's more about the last time we did see them kind of all together on a level playing field, mm-hmm. who, who was the best team. And obviously it's not about who's the most improved team. It's about how they stack up now. Right. And I have a really hard time getting myself to a place where the San Francisco shock are going to be out of their depth against any opponent at any time. That's in large part due to the coaching uh, in part due to the experience of having been there before. And I think that that's really going to 
help boost them um, and kind of keep them from maybe underperforming a little early on like you might see. Uh, that is obviously a boon for Soul, who's done it as well basically mm-hmm. right like when you buy the season one champions after season two uh you you bring that pedigree in you bring that experience into your roster that's a large part of the reason why we liked those signings when they yep. were made so um i do have san francisco winning winning the whole thing here like i said but um yeah it's it's going to be crazy close and and i think we should really dig into some of these yeah. matchups so uh we'll start here with the soul dynasty going against the san francisco shock i i just brought it up and mentioned it and this one is i think a really interesting clash of styles and when i talked about the teams that i thought were possible or you know not likely but possible mm-hmm. uh candidates to replace players on the roster and and who they brought in i think you have to look at the soul dynasty as somebody that's shown a propensity to want to do that in the past they're whether it's smart or not has never really factored in for the soul (laughs) dynasty coaching staff and i think we see now you know are they going to be keeping the two main tanks in the roster are they going to keep playing this double off tank style that they really liked is it going to be that much roadhog and diva for them or are they going to give in and join the ranks of the dive of the other three teams that are are here maybe with a longer you know, group of time to really set that up. That's a direction they go. And I think we have to consider what that would look like. And obviously they, they brought in to you uh, to, to play oh, the off tank position. I picked the wrong off button. I didn't, I picked uh, playoff. That was dumb. I, I yeah, got the wrong dumb. button. The playoffs are over, man. We're in, we're in the finals. We I don't know. need that. I thought anymore. I was going to bring it up at least once. And I <laughs> but, you know, I really want to see two of you come back in and, and play alongside gesture in a dive composition. I think that really would give the soul dynasty kind of their maximum unlock potential. Uh, it gives them the best configuration of their roster. And there's also the question of Bedosin versus creative on the support line. I wouldn't be terribly surprised to see that switch up whether on a map by map basis based off the picks or, uh, you know, just maybe Bedosin was cold when they, they originally made that decision and he's running hot now. I really don't know. Um, but yeah, and listen, it's been a while. The, the metagame might evolve, right? Somebody might come out with a whole new strategy. It, it could have gotten to all the teams, one of the teams. We, we really don't know. And the, kind of the patch we're playing on is is old news at this point right it's it's a couple away from live i think at this point mm-hmm. and it's not one where anybody but these four teams and the people they're playing against are really kind of living in that world and and you know scrimming and practicing on it so um things get interesting when you really narrow down the the scope of teams participating in a meta and yeah. you know, it could really shake things up. So I, I think there's a lot to question about soul. Uh, and I don't really have any of those questions for the San Francisco shock. They, they change players, right? Like we could find them, them in a, a meta game where they want to play super over Smurf and on main tank or some maps where that's the case. We saw that throughout the playoffs, but it's a plan. Uh, playoff. Yes, got value out of it. You gotta, you gotta get some use <laughs> out of it, right? Um, so yeah, I just don't have those questions about San Francisco and Seoul is. Mm. If there's one team here that doesn't belong, uh, it is the Seoul Dynasty. You you do see that a little bit. I mean, they're eighth, the eighth seed uh, right. in the league and the overall standings, and that's significantly off of what the other teams are, which I, I want to say I'm, I'm going there to confirm, one, but one, yeah, one, two or three, yeah, one, one, two, three, four is, or yeah, one, two, three, I should say is, yeah. is the other three teams. And then you go down. Oh, I'm sorry. They're not even eighth. They're 11th here on the actual standings from what I'm seeing. So it's the, a story of the soul dynasty season is so back heavy. It's so much right. on their performance in those playoffs. And you want to, you want to get it in one more time? Just make sure. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. It's so much about their performance there in those playoffs and not really about having that firm track record that, you know, it inspiring uh, overall record that you look at. I mean, they're they're 12 and 12. They're, They're losing as often as they win over the course of the year. And that's not usually a recipe for a championship. Right. Is I guess what I'm getting at. 50% win rate is not uh, where you think of champion caliber teams 
no it might be you know an accurate representation of a ladder experience but that's that, that isn't what this is this is a league and that means they dropped a lot of their games and maybe like you said maybe the asia region's better so they they cut their teeth against better opponents all year and and this will be easy but how can you really think that with the performance of san francisco over the course of two seasons they just really never let off uh you know their foot off the brakes here they right. they're three losses on the standings they're as good as it it gets here um and i think we're going to start to be talking about them in terms of no pun in, uh, directed at the opponent here, but in terms of a dynasty, yeah, are they are they a team that can maintain the success? And you're going to see teams try to mirror what they're doing if they're not already. And and I think this is going to be the first match that that really kicks that off. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I've got them winning the the tournament. So I've I've got them winning this matchup for sure. And uh, yeah, I don't know any any takeaways or what are you really watching as we get to see our first mix of the regions? Yeah, I, I'm I'm wondering if we see <clears throat> the region difference at all. Is there going to be anything that's markedly different between the play styles? Because um, yeah, you can, like I said, you can watch all of the NA and then all of the Asia region. You can point point out differences, but like there's so much. Uh, for lack of a better, I mean, it's it's there's so much meta gaming inside of it, and knowing your opponent and having played against them and being used to that, it can just be different, right? Like it can just be a different experience. You can watch all the tape in the world; it doesn't matter necessarily when you get into the game. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that Soul's uh, performance has been so back heavy in terms of back of the season. And yeah, that obviously you'd, you, uh, you know, you look at San Francisco and they've just been consistent throughout, but like when a, in a format like this and in a scenario like this, it doesn't matter if it's only back heavy, as long as it's back heavy up until the end, right? Like you can yeah, spike a tournament here for sure. Um, I, this is, these are really just, uh, points of maybe hope potentially for a, a soul dynasty fan, but let's, let's be serious death. If you're picking against the San Francisco shock in this matchup, you are, uh, picking with your heart, not necessarily the brain. It's so, I mean, it's not, I don't even want to put it like that. Cause it, it, again, any of these matches can go either way, but it is very, very difficult for me to, uh, pick against the shock here. It, they're just, they're, they're the pinnacle of, an Overwatch League team right now, and I imagine they're going to continue that here. Yeah, everybody's got the the puncher's chance, etc. And this is the most lopsided matchup, I think. But it's it's just a matter of confidence percentage, right? Like you're not. It's it's by no means we're saying that it, it would be insane that if they won right. or I'd fall out of my chair or anything. But um, San Francisco just they adapt so well on the fly, right. and and so really the chance here for Seoul and the path to victory is they have to get out to a fast start. They have to just put San Francisco on the back foot so that they have to be absolutely perfect, and then you have to not let them be perfect. And by that I mean you have to capitalize on the the small mistakes mm-hmm. that they make if they start to rally. You you really have to go out of your way to 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 close it out and and put an end to it. Um, but it, it's all going to be dependent on like, I'll know if there's really any chance for soul. I feel like after the first maps over, right. um, if it's decisive in soul's favor, they've, they've got a chance to win a close one. If it's close, then I'm assuming it's going to be like three to one San Francisco. Right. And if San Francisco wins the first map, I, I think it's just about over. Um, you'll have to kind of tilt San Francisco a little bit in that way. I think in order to throw them off their game and to, to get them to do some uncharacteristic things. So, um, yeah, big, big, big favorites there for me and, and yep. SF. I think so. Uh, I think so as well. Okay. The next match, which again is the only other match that we have guaranteed to play out is Philadelphia versus the Shanghai dragons. Uh, much like you death. I am obviously picking the Shanghai dragons or much like you in that I picked Shanghai to win the event. So I'm picking them to win here. Uh, I'm picking Shanghai. I do think that this is much closer than the previous matchup. However, um, I do yes. think that the difference between Philly and Shanghai is much closer. Um, and again, any of these matchups can have a puncher's chance anywhere. 
Um, I'm just leaning more towards Shanghai. Um, it's tough, man. I mean, that that's the beauty of a playoffs like or of a, of a, a grand finals bracket like this death is like, you kind of second guess yourself on almost all of these It's like, man, any one of these teams could win the whole thing, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Shanghai here. Yeah, I am as well. Um, Listen, if for no other reason, the stakes aren't high enough for them to collapse on themselves because <laughs> there's still room to to fail. Um, it, it's got to be all or nothing uh, in order to get that kind of pressure on Shanghai. They, they've been very consistent throughout the year, and obviously their their talent's well documented. You've got um, we they swept like the kind of role based MVP awards we did in in yeah. the alleys. They just went across the board um, until the the coach of the year. Uh, but even he was a finalist. There's so much positivity surrounding this team. Anybody that watches them, anybody that has any kind of inside information, feels they're the best team in the league. And we don't have any of that. And so I really want to see it with my own eyes right. before I'm I'm willing to say that. And Philly will be a great first test for them but to me this is more about philly still has it's it's crazy to say it and it's gonna it's gonna bother people philly still has a little bit to prove to me to to prove that they absolutely belong in the championship contention like favorites to win it right how how can they be when and it's not a, a problem of theirs uh it's nothing they've done wrong they've been great they've been very consistent but the one area that they don't seem consistent to me is against other elite teams i went back in the schedule before the show and i was looking at when they played against elite opponents as i'd call them so when did they play against san francisco because it was really a two-horse race and in, in the na side of things they got the 3-0 win against them the the one time but they are one in uh, one and three overall in the mm-hmm. series so the losses weren't very very uh convincing they had an zero and three they did have a, a you know, two to four loss there and then another one to three loss. So um, when they beat San Francisco, they did do it convincingly. That shows they've got the talent, the ability to on any day beat anybody to Mm me. Um, You don't shut out a team like San Francisco with, without having the the capability to take down anyone. Um, But I'm just not sure that they're even confident in what they are in a situation like this. it you know they did obviously make it into the grand finals in season one so there's a lot of experience i don't think the stage will be too big for them i think there's enough carryover from that initial squad uh what even if they're on the bench just kind of helping keep people focused in in scrims or whatever you know you just you, you don't have to yourself be experienced in it you just need people around you that can check your emotions and and keep you you know keep you honest and and keep you performing at your best um and so i I don't think it's going to be a stage two bright moment but it's just a matter of a a gut check of playing against the absolute best over the course of an entire weekend like this is something Mm -hmm. they really haven't had to do as a as a group um so i do expect them to drop this one uh and and fall into the losers bracket so yeah i'll take shanghai here as well okay so we have uh, in our, our made-up bracket, uh, we have San Francisco beating Seoul, Shanghai beating Philly. No upset here. Let's move down to the – we're, we're just going to follow through with our bracket here, Death. Let's go to the loser's bracket first. Seoul versus Philly. Who do you have? I'm going to take Philly in this one. Um, I do think Seoul is going to be kind of the odd man out. And until I see them play a comp other than the double off tank, I assume that's what they're going to run. And if my memory is correct, and I'm double checking it to make sure that it is, uh, the Philadelphia Fusion were the ones that beat um, the miracle run of the Washington Justice. Uh, if I believe so as well. Oh, you got to scroll sideways on the bracket to find that one. Yeah, they sh- they shut it down three to zero. Um, it- it's just a matter of I-, I think they really understand how to beat the Roadhog based compositions, and they really only stumbled against San Francisco. Uh, that was that was their only loss. So um, I 
don't know that soul really is on the same level as these guys at the moment. So it's not a matter of, can they beat one of the elite teams? It's, can they beat a hot team? Can they beat a team that is performing well with an offbeat strategy and, and figure that out and, and put it down. And this is the same meta when they just did it before against a team that was just as hot as, as this one is. So mm-hmm. I don't have any reason to, to expect Philadelphia to falter here um, other than it would have to be like, to me, an emotional issue after right. having a loss and it it's spiraling and, and it, you know the stakes of things there but like i said there's enough leadership and and things and, and there's enough experience in that room right um that i i don't really fear that so it, it could certainly happen but not anything i'm gonna bet on or predict yep no i i agree with you there i think you know philly they almost if i had to make a well, there's only four teams, so making another, making like an underdog pick isn't really. It's, they're not really underdogs as much, but they're. I I think they're one of my. They they might be my second pick here, uh, even over San Francisco. If I had to pick one, um, I really do like what Philly's doing. I think that they have uh you know a really good uh, a really good chance here. Um, and I mean, may, Hey, they could upset Shanghai easily in, in the first round. So yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Philly here as well. Um, let's now go. So we would then have Shanghai versus San Francisco in or on the winner's side, death, the big guns, the two, uh, the two number one seeds from their regions. Who do you have in this one? I'm going to go with the surprise pick and I'm going to take the Shanghai dragons knocking the San Francisco shock into the losers bracket. I, I think San Fran has to rally back from the losers bracket. I think that'll really help strengthen them if it does happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they did that last year, they dropped to Atlanta move forward. Um, They got beat up by Philly right before the playoffs Mm -hmm. and then came right back and, and looked great and beat them in the, in the playoffs. It's a little bit their MO, right. And, and there's, a lot to this i mean granted some of these players are going home to participate in this event and others aren't but there's that travel element there's they're away from their their comfort zone and i could easily see i mean nobody's going to look at either roster and say either team's outmatched here so you have to view this one as as a very close matchup um as close to 50 50 coin flip territory as you can probably get uh but i think when you stack up some of the other factors um and you you really look at it you're talking about two evenly matched teams one of which didn't just quarantine for two weeks and didn't fly across the country to get ready and is working on their home base setups and and nothing has changed for them from the regular season and another one that has all that extra stuff to keep them from maybe being fully in the mindset that they need to be in to just tune it all out and, mm-hmm. and focus on their their own gameplay so um yeah like i said as coin flippy as as it's ever been i think for picking a match but um when i really dig down into it there's a couple more challenges that san francisco has to deal with here and uh yeah they might need to take a, a punch on the chin to be able to take it home anyways just from a mentality standpoint it fits them mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I am also taking the Shanghai W here. I'm picking them to win it all. Um, yeah, I, I do think that beating it's going to depend. That this this would obviously be a huge match, of course, right? Um, it would it could set the set the tone. Like, how does the loser of this match bounce back? Is it a San Francisco like we saw last year? Like you said, death where. They lose, and they literally don't lose from that time that we saw, you know, uh, the life leave from the innocence leave Moth's face, right? Uh, Does that happen, or do they crumble? Like, it's not necessarily the same. Yes, they've got some of the best players. They've got some of the best coaching. But, like, also people can just crumble in in a situation like that, even if they've been clutch before not that you bet on it but it it certainly could happen um it's it's so hard to to call it um i just want to see the match to be completely honest i am gonna pick i am gonna pick shanghai 
Um, we're we're going to win that one if it happens, no matter what. Yeah, no matter so who no wins, we win. Um, okay, which would mean Philly versus San Francisco in the loser's bracket. Of course, death, you have San Francisco winning the whole thing. So it stands to reason that you're picking San Francisco to win this one. Yeah, it's historically, it's just the way it's gone, right? There's, yeah. There is the 3-0 outlier, but like I said, three of the other four, you know, three of the four times they played, um, it, it went handily to San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, Philly's a, a really strong team. Uh, I talked previously when we did the strengths and weaknesses of the, the rosters about um, what I would call a main tank difference there. And uh, when you really take two teams that are, super well coached and really talented across the roster. And, and then you, you try to find those things that break the ties and, mm-hmm. and make you pick a favorite over the other, obviously a track record of wins is a, is a really big factor here, but yep. you just across one V one across the board. Uh, you look at each roster position and, and who stands across from them. And the biggest gap to me is the duo of, of super and Smurf always playing their optimal characters and never seeming to underperform or having it matter that they took two maps off and are being subbed in or whatever. It just, it's always worked for them. They're always prepared. They've got that plan figured out and and they execute it better than anybody else. That's really tried to do it. Uh, It really gives them an edge over a team like Philly who it's, if there's a spot on their roster where questionable decisions or mistakes come from, that is is where it is and he's cleaned him up tremendously from mm-hmm. the past. I'm, I'm not discounting uh, what he's been able to do and the turnaround that Sato has been able to make, but I, it shouldn't be crazy for anybody to hear that. Maybe he's not the top, you know, maybe right. he's not in the top three of, of main tanks on, on some people's lists. Uh, and that's the case for me. So yeah. and, and super is one of the top tier Reinhardt's and um, you've got a, a top tier uh, Winston and Smurf as well. So uh, I think just, there's a couple other spots where maybe the advantage goes in the other direction, but I don't know that the gap is, is ever larger than it is there. So uh, I'm going to invoke the main tank difference on this one. And uh, yeah, give the the win to San Francisco. So I'm actually going to divert here and I'm going to pick a huge upset of the San Francisco shock, actually not even making it into the finals here. Philly pulling it through. It's a tough one to make, but I'm not even going to go too much into it because we'll use your, we'll use your bracket as the official high noon podcast prediction. But my (laughs) personal prediction is we're going to see Philadelphia and Shanghai playing again in the grand finals but i I hope our listeners won't let you get away with this he just (laughs) said i'm gonna take all accountability or responsibility out of this pick whatsoever and then just throw the underdog at you Um, i mean this is another one like we talked about it before san francisco versus shanghai the only reason this isn't like a 50 50 coin flip to me is that we do have a little bit of track record with it um so that that does keep it from being just as close as mm-hmm. as the other one but right. um it would feel and we often i think get tagged for like piling on or calling something maybe imbalanced or it, it feeling that way when we talk about it when we don't split our picks up right so for the sake of that i think it's good just because it really is we're splitting hairs when we talk right. about this, right? If anybody's just playing a little bit better that day, one side or the other, then main tank difference goes out the window because alarms just popping off. And the, even though it's the widest gap, when I look at the position margins, it's right. still not that wide of a gap, right? Like Sato is playing really, really well. He's a top five main tank in the league for me, instead of a top two or three, like he is for other people. Um, and that difference disappears when you wake up in the morning sometimes. So. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it absolutely, it absolutely can just be a game time difference, right? Like, and yeah, I, I, I'm really more just hoping I will it into existence, but that's probably the more actually impactful bit of, relevant information is just like how they're feeling how they are that day for almost all these matchups sure um that's part of why we were so pumped that these were the four teams that got picked right uh, because yeah this isn't like you know when we watched dia put on the Widowmaker performance of a lifetime to not quite beat houston in season one or whatever it was like there none of these teams are that far apart right if if profit is 
grand, you know, season one grand finals profit. Right. And they're beating San Francisco in that first match yeah. and it, the rest of it is irrelevant. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a little glad we didn't just agree all the way down the line, but I don't want you to get away with just skirting all responsibility <laughs> and, and accountability. Away it is me. gone. It is gone. Okay. But we will continue with yours death, which means the finals for you are going to be Shanghai versus the San Francisco shock in, I'm assuming there's no bracket reset because there doesn't look like there's one on the bracket, but for all the marbles, the final, the rematch of your previous record, you're picking San Francisco to turn it around here against Shanghai. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do at the end of the day, kind of think that the reason a turnaround like that would be possible, right? That if, if they're losing to Shanghai one day on the next day, are they going to be able to beat them? The reason I say, yes, it, it comes back down to the coaching staff. It, it comes down to, the constant ability San Francisco has been able to show. Listen, hero pools have been a thing. They haven't responded perfectly to them every time. They haven't figured it out and nailed it going into every single tournament. But what did they do every single time? They found a way to make it work. They found a way to stop the resurgence of, uh, you know, the Washington Justice as they were down two maps against them and and right the ship and figure it out. There's absolutely magic in the entire organization for the San Francisco shock. It's, it's on a roster level. It's on a coaching level. It, it permeates throughout the whole building there. Um, I, I really, you can tell we're sports people when you hear us talk about this stuff, but like the culture there is one of success mm -hmm. and of winning and they're not going to just sit back and go, Oh, we got beat by these guys. And then they're not going to show up. They're going to come back harder and, and, rebound from it right they they're going to try to gain momentum off of a loss like that and um it doesn't have to go that way it, you know that they they get the win here obviously i've i've got them losing the first matchup but that's more of a testament to how close i think everything is mm -hmm. uh, between these two teams and and philly and and Seoul. if they can maintain their momentum is right there too uh it's a lot harder to do that off after a month off so i i give them a little less credit than i give the other three but um yeah, I, listen, Shanghai can just step up and, and not have any problems. They could not collapse or not, not Shanghai once the entire time, and I won't even be remotely surprised. But I also won't be surprised if they do it. And if they're going to do it, this is the time, right? And if you give San Francisco an inch, they take a mile every time. That's, that's what their MO is. That's how they operate. Uh, and I've never seen them not find that opening right you leave mm -hmm. a gap they're they're pushing through it they're they're going to find a way to make it work so with the stakes with everything with san fran being there just needing to repeat um you know it's it does feel like it swings a little more in their favor when you yeah. up the ante and up the stakes um but again this this one just like it was the first time they met in our bracket it's 51 49 right it's who the heck knows um this is really the matchup i want to see so maybe mm -hmm. that's why i picked it this way because <laughs> uh, i just want to see it twice yeah well we can continue on with my bracket and actually death in a true surprise that truly throws away any credibility or responsibility i'm changing my pick philly comes back and wins it they beat shanghai in the finals we're going to see it happen. Philadelphia Fusion are going to be your 2020 Overwatch League finalists. You, did you really think I was going to go with Shanghai? Get out of here. It's Philly all the way. He's not going to send you more sneakers. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't even need sneakers. I don't even. I don't go outside. I don't need shoes. You've already, you've already got them. Yeah, you can wear them around the house uh, that day if they're, if they're in the, the championships. Yeah. Um, I mean, truly a stunner. Uh, I'm surprised at how surprised I am. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the most surprised that I have, Yeah. but um, yeah, like it really, we can't say it enough how, how close all three of these teams are. So uh, the fact that you were able to talk yourself out of the pick you made at the top of the <laughs> segment by the time we got to the end of the segment uh, makes a lot of sense. And I've 
honestly with any one of these matchups i've looked at them i went in with who i like my gut who would win just by hearing the names and then tried to look at some numbers and some history and and you end up changing your mind four times uh they've all had had great success throughout the season and um yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited for this yeah. finals. We, we said it before. I'll say it again. Like the, This is the correct four teams. Yeah. If you're going to have an underdog, it better have profit on it. It better have gesture on it, who we've seen perform at, at the highest level when it mattered most in, in the postseason, make a championship run. Like it, it, Everything about the four teams here, I, I don't think I could have picked better ones. Like Guangzhou could have just come out and been – them they're normal really good like clear number two team in in the region in the playoffs but they didn't and if they didn't i don't want them here messing messing up with my you know putting a a meaningless game on this schedule it's none of that should be here i I will take the 12 and 12 team with the clutch all-star performing players every time versus the upstart that collapsed when it mattered right like yeah that's that's not what we need and i really really want that end final like throw out every other match skip to the last one i want that one to be like an esports all-timer i want map five it's on cough it's point three it's 99.99 yeah i want uber's voice cracking 19 times when he's screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs about the carpe play that's happening or the on snipes that are going on right. like, i don't care who it is i don't care what the moment is that to me is what I'm rooting for yeah. is none of the teams, none of the anything. I'm not, I'm not going to the event. So there won't be any beard paint this time. There won't be any orange wigs. <laughs> there won't be tactically crouching on any, any Vancouver Titans fans in the crowd. Uh, it will just be uh, me wanting to see a, just a banger, yeah. an all timer. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Cannot wait for that. And we don't have to wait much longer. Death. Three days till we start off the festivities, October 8th. So make sure you are checking it out. But that is going to be it for today's. October 8th, real fast before yeah. we go. It's October 8th. It's Thursday. If you're East Coast Standard Time like us, that is 7 a.m. on Thursday morning. The Thursday next match... morning, 7 a.m. That The next match is 9 a.m on on that thursday october 8th so that, that's when those first two matchups are going uh it gets worse on friday bear with bear with no, i don't know but you're not going to be awake you're going to have to watch it on vod um 5 a.m friday 7 a.m friday 9 a.m friday and then the actual grand final final match is saturday 9 a.m uh, adjust those times every time I just gave you is Eastern Standard Time because I'm not smart enough to convert it. And if I make a mistake on air, it messes with your information. Yes. But that's Eastern Standard Time local or the, or the times. They're yes. super, super difficult, but our Discord outside of the live tournament chat will be a safe place. Um, <laughs> you can, uh, we'll enforce that as best we can, though we won't be awake to enforce it, I guess. So we'll have to talk to anybody that will be and make sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see these ones going. Yes, absolutely. But that is going to be it for this episode. Death, anything else before we get going here? No, that's it. Good luck to all the teams, all the fan bases. Uh, just, uh, we're really, really jealous of you is all I can say. We, <laughs> we've wanted this, uh, for our teams for a while. So enjoy it. And, um, Yeah. Uh, for all of you, I, I hope your team wins. Yes, I hope. None, none, since, of, none of you are Boston fans. Yes, or Washington fans, yes. So since, I, I can say that honestly, I'm yes. rooting for all of them. So since <laughs> none of us, yeah, since none of us are, uh, since since neither of our teams are here, we can root for your team instead, and we hope that you get there. But that is going to be it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're High Noon Podcast everywhere: High Noon Podcast, Twitter, Twitch, Patreon. You can find us there. Best place to find us, though, is discord.me slash high noon podcast. But that's going to be it. Thank you again, everyone, for watching. For Death Blow, I'm the Blevins. And remember, it's high noon.